0: I might know some of you, many of you, but this might be the first time you're seeing my face. My name's Sam, I'm part of this church community as well. Um, I want to share something with you, with us, um, and then we're going to come back into singing to Jesus, like praising Jesus, worshipping Jesus. And like I said, for some of you, hey, this might be brand new, but for many, this is what you love to do. So if you have a Bible, um, turn to Matthew. Go to Matthew's Gospel. As you're going there, Matthew chapter 11. um, This was something that my friend Karim, actually, many of you will know Karim. Some of you don't know Karim, but he's a good friend of mine. He's part of the team here. He shared these verses with us as, as a staff team, as we're currently in. Like my friend Andy said at the start, we are going through a tough time right now. This has been a painful kind of 10, 12 days or so for us. So he just sent these verses on our WhatsApp chat. And I really felt that this is where we should be living right now. And it's not just for now. It's not a passing thing. It's an invitation that Jesus presents to us always. Matthew 11, verse 28 to 30. Some of you know it probably brilliantly well. Might have it as a fridge magnet on your fridge. Uh, But we want this to be a reality in our lives, right? Matthew 11, 28 to 30. These are the words of Jesus. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Do you know, I love the fact that you and I, we can come to Jesus with all that we are, with all that we have in however life finds us, we can come. There's this invitation always from Jesus that just says, come, come one and all, come to me. It's amazing, isn't it? But I wonder whether you're like me at times, you think, well, who am I coming to? What is Jesus like? How will we find him when we come to him? Now, I wanna show you, there's there's many sides to Jesus and he is incredibly amazing. But the Bible talks of Jesus as the God of the universe. If we wanna know what God is like, we look to Jesus. He is the one who everything was made for and to and by and through, it is all about Jesus. So very often people say, I don't know what God's like, but when we look at the person and nature and character of Jesus, we see what God's like. I wanna read you something from this book, called gentle and lowly by a guy called Dane Ortland it is amazing and it's all based on these few verses here but listen to this this is who we're coming to he writes my dad pointed out to me something that Charles Spurgeon pointed out to him now Charles Spurgeon was a Baptist preacher about 150 years ago now he says in in the four gospel accounts given to us Matthew Mark Luke and John 89 chapters of biblical text there is only one place, remarkable isn't it, one place where Jesus tells us about his own heart. We learn so much in the four gospels about Christ's teaching, we read of his birth, his ministry, his disciples, we are told of his travels and his prayer habits, we find lengthy speeches and repeated objections from his hearers which prompted Jesus to teach further. We learn and we understand of him to fulfil the whole of the Old Testament law. And we learn in all four accounts of his unjust arrest and his shameful death and his astonishing resurrection. Consider the thousands of pages that have been written by theologians over 2,000 years presenting these things. But in only one place... And perhaps some of the most wonderful words that have been ever uttered by human lips, do we hear Jesus open up his very own heart? Come to me, all who labour and all who are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Come to me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. In the one place in the Bible where the Son of God pulls back the veil to let us peer down into the core of who he is, We're not told that he is austere and demanding in heart. We're not told that he's exalted and dignified in heart. We're not even told that he's joyful and generous in heart. Letting Jesus set the terms, his surprising claim is that he's gentle and he's lowly in heart. One thing to get straight right from the start of this is that when the Bible speaks of heart, whether old or new, testament, it is not only speaking of the emotional life only but of the central animating center of who we are of what we do it is what gets us out of bed in the morning what we daydream about before we drift off to sleep it is our motivation headquarters the heart in biblical terms is not part of who we are but it's the center of who we are our heart is what defines us and directs us it controls us This is why Solomon tells us to keep watch of the heart. Keep watch with all vigilance from the heart springs life itself. The heart is our life. It is what makes us human. The heart drives all that we do and all that we are. So when Jesus tells us what animates him most deeply, what is most true of him, when he exposes the innermost recesses of his being, what do we find there? That he's gentle and he's lowly. I mean, who on earth would think of a saviour like this? So I want us to know that when Jesus says, come, all who are weary, all who are battered and bruised, we're coming to someone who is gentle and who is lowly in heart. This saviour the one who made the cosmos, the one who created the universe, the one who created you and I in our mother's womb. When we come to him, we're met with gentleness and humility. So, the first thing I want to say is come. Come, all. Come, one and all. So, I don't know how you find yourself hurting, confused, disappointed, let down battered bruised broken maybe you're completely disillusioned by the church itself maybe you're disillusioned by your own life the life of someone else I don't know how you find yourself wherever you are Jesus says come come and find rest come and find rest for your soul what he's not promising is life will be easy that life won't be busy that life won't be demanding but what he what he says is you can find rest. you can find a deep seated soul rest, and you know what friends i I believe Jesus, I believe God wants us to live from a place of rest, no more striving, no more performing, no more drivenness, but a place of rest. you know elsewhere in the gospel in the one of the gospels in luke luke uh, Jesus picks up something that's mentioned in Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, 700 plus years before Jesus, talks of the ministry of Jesus, that this one will come, this one will come, and he'll bind up the brokenhearted. So when we come to him with brokenness and being battered and bruised and confused and hurt, he's looking to bind up our broken hearts. And I believe it's not a one-off deal. Uh, I, I, th- I feel when we come to Jesus, he binds up our hearts, but I feel he continues to bind up our hearts. Every time we come to him, it's like ointment. He wants to bind up our bruised and broken and battered hearts. This is part of his great mission. You know, here in these verses, he says, take my yoke upon you. Some of you will be really familiar with this, but many of you might not be The yoke. Yoke is like a, it was a wooden bar, sometimes it was a rope that was strapped across two animals, often an ox and a donkey, the ox being the bigger animal and the donkey being the lesser animal. But it would mean that this wooden bar, a yoke, was kind of attached to these creatures. So wherever the ox went, that's where the donkey went. And they would use it to plough fields. They would use this kind of mechanism, if you like, to plough fields. They'd strap a wooden plough to said animals as well. But often the yoke can represent something of slavery, like you're attached, you're bound to something, uh, a yoke of oppression almost. So I'm sure these poor donkeys would feel like, man, I'm attached to this thing and I, I have to go where this thing goes. But Jesus wants us to see something quite precious here. It's quite beautiful, completely different than what we might expect. He's saying, you know, when you yoke yourself to me, Imagine him as the greatest ox, right? Yoked to Jesus, we follow where he, follow, where he goes. So wherever we go, we're, we're strapped to him, we're yoked to him, we're attached to him. Where he goes, we go. That is the life of a follower of Jesus. He says, come follow me, come to me, come follow me. And you know what? Imagine Jesus plowing a field. Often it's like, man, I can't get through this. I can't get through this. But Jesus is the one that makes a way when there seemingly is no way. So as we attach ourselves to him, man, wherever he goes, we're kind of in his slipstream, if you like. But it's not robotic. We're not kind of like this, yes, master, we must obey and follow. We're just programmed and we just go. It's an invitation. He just says, Come, come follow. And you'll find rest. You'll find he says, my take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. In the message paraphrase paraphrase translation of these verses says this. Imagine Jesus saying these words, walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I love that. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. You'll learn to live freely and lightly. So we can come to Jesus with all of our stuff. Man, with everything. Everything. Sometimes my heart is confused and anxious and worried and disillusioned and disappointed, just like yours. But the invitation is come. Come to Jesus and find rest from those things. I want to say something else as well. Jesus invites us to bring all of our mess to him too not only what might be confusing our hearts or difficulty that we might be experiencing, but all of the horror, all of the mess. The Bible calls it sin. All of that, all of the junk that we know, man, this isn't, this isn't how I should be living. And this, this will look different for us, right? Those that follow Jesus, there's still an invitation. like We are still capable, as we know, of doing some very painful things some really really just just uh, confusing and hurtful things right we're all capable and I want to encourage us friends family what affects me affects you what what I do in my life will affect you sometimes we're blind to it but God sees the heart he sees everything nothing is covered to him And sin is a big deal. So if you know that you are living in such a way that it's just not God's design for you, it's not what Jesus won for you at the cross, it's not how he set you free, then please, please, please bring it to him. Because remember, you meet a saviour who is gentle and he's meek and he's kind and he's forgiving. But he knows. He's just waiting for you. He knows. He's just waiting So bring it to him. It's a big deal. Jesus promises to cleanse us, to free us, to forgive us. Man, that happened to me, gosh, I don't know, 17 years ago or so. I keep saying it's like this perpetual 17 years is around that sort of time. I was trapped in drug addiction. I was trapped in addiction to relationships and just doing crazy, crazy things. And in a moment, I encountered the saving mercy of Jesus and I was washed. I was cleansed. I knew I had been forgiven. But there's daily things that often we do and we say and we need to keep coming to him saying, I know you've done it for me, but I've, I've stuffed up again. So I come to you. In 1 John 1 1.8, I think it is, he says, He is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So at the end, we're going to pray. And I just want to encourage you, if there's anything in your life, man, just drop it, let it go. We see this in, in David's life, King David, in Psalm 51. It's really this psalm of confession and repentance, if you like, just after the Bathsheba incident. You know, in David's life, it's like adultery and murder. It's just horrific. But you see in Psalm 51, he says, to you alone, Lord, have I sinned. Remove these transgressions from me. Cleanse me. Wash me. Don't let your presence depart from me. And then in, in Luke's gospel, chapter 15, we see this story of the lost son. It's called the prodigal son. It should be called the prodigal father, really. This extravagant father. It's really about a story about a son that goes wayward. He just, he squanders everything. He, he goes off the rails completely. Beautiful picture of God, though. God waits and waits, and watches, and waits for his son to return. But there's something in both David and the son's response. They get to this place where they're like, man what have I done? What have I done? I need to return, I need to return to my father, I need to return to my God. So in both accounts we see this. And how are they met? They're met with mercy, and grace, and love, and forgiveness so that's how you can come today friend you can come with all your all your stuff all your hurt your pain your confusion your your hatred your anger your sin you can come to him all your mess and know that as you do he's gentle and he's lowly in heart but also man that's not all of us <laughs> you know there's going to be so many people watching and listening and We're just in all different stages, right? We're in all different places. Some people are just like, man, I'm so free. I feel so joyous. Uh, I feel so good. Life is great. Man, Jesus says, come. There's a place in in John's gospel. Uh, It'll come up on on the screen as well. John chapter seven. But I want to say as well, come all who are thirsty. Come all who are hungry. Jesus says, come. Listen to this. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out with a loud voice, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me as the scripture has said, out of his heart or out of his belly will flow rivers or streams of living water. You see, the whole gig, guys, is about an empowered life from Jesus. Jesus wants to empower us to live. You know, Christianity Jesus following, it isn't a head down, try hard, a stoic morality. It's not following a, a, a set religious formula. It's being empowered. It's being empowered by Jesus. The Bible calls us, be, calls those that follow him, being born again, born anew with the life of God, the presence of God flowing from within. It's about having the life, the very life and love and mercy of Jesus flowing on the inside of us he knows we couldn't go this alone he knows we can't do this alone he it was always the intention Jesus said it's good that I go because I'm going to send him I'm going to send the spirit the one the father's promised to come and live and abide and dwell within do you know the only way that I could have beaten drug addiction is by the spirit of God by God, living on the inside of me. It wasn't like, try hard, try hard, try. That didn't work. It was the moment that Jesus said, man, I'm going to come and live on the inside of you and I'm going to change you on the inside out. But he says, come. Come if you're thirsty. Come if you're hungry. Because streams, streams of living water are just going to flow. They're going to flow from within you. Jesus promises life, real, lasting, abundant, transforming life, that you would find out who you really are. Some of you might be watching, you, you have no clue who you are. You put a front on, a bravado, only through Jesus and the life of Jesus will you truly know who you are. He's got meaning for you, friend. He's got purpose for you. You can find out who you are. He gives empowerment and strength the Bible says that the same spirit that raised Christ from death now lives and abides and dwells in me. Christ in me. And you know what? The best place to remain as a believer, as a follower of Jesus, is to stay hungry, is to stay thirsty, is to stay longing for more of Jesus. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. There's an invitation for you. There's an invitation for me. Are you thirsty? Are you thirsty for more of Jesus? Do you long for more of the presence and the power and the peace and the mercy of Jesus to flow in your life? To flow in you and then through you. And that that love would impact and transform people around you. So, basically, wherever you find yourself, wherever you find yourself in life, we have had a crazy year. The last year's been just insane, hasn't it? So much pain and loss and grief. We're currently in pain right now, but wherever you find yourself, hurting, battered, bruised, confused, anxious, sinful, maybe joyous, free, happy, wherever you find yourself, there's an invitation. Come, come one, come all come, draw close to Jesus because he promises to draw close to you. I'm going to invite the band um, back up and we're going to worship again. But before we do that, I just want to pray. I want to pray. I want to create this space for you to come to Jesus, for you to respond to Jesus. And let me just be clear, Uh, nothing special about me. You're not coming through me. I'm just, help, I'm just a friend that's going to help that's aid in this encounter, if you like. Just look to him. Wherever you find yourself. If you are someone that says, yeah, I believe in Jesus. Then you just bring all that you are to him right now. Ask him. Ask him to fill you again with his love. Ask him to fill you again with his grace and his mercy and his kindness. Ask him, say, Jesus, would I encounter you? Please, please. Dear Savior, would I encounter you? Maybe you don't know Jesus. I just want to give you the opportunity that you can know him. You can know him. You might be watching today thinking, man, I just want to check you guys out. You're so welcome. You're so welcome. But I want you to know that we're a community of people that have encountered Jesus. We are definitely not a group of perfect people, but we're a group of normal people, humanity, human beings just like you. But we've encountered a love that has transformed our lives. And we want to sing from the rooftops about it. We want to tell you about it. So if that's you, if you just want to receive Christ, all you need to do is, Jesus, I'm here. Just take all your pain, take all of your shame, all your guilt, whatever you feel right now. Just say, Jesus, I want you into my life. I want you to take control of my life. I want you to be the Lord and saviour of my life. Just ask him to forgive you of everything you've done wrong. Just just say, God, forgive me for my heart, my broken heart. Jesus, forgive me. And I want to turn to you. I want to turn to you. So, Jesus, we just, we come to you right now and we say who, just, there's sometimes too much to say, but we know you can do things in our hearts. So we just give you the complete freedom to do that. So I say, Jesus, you're incredible. You're wonderful. Thank you for your gentleness, your kindness. Thank you that you wash us new. Thank you that as we come to you, we're met with rest and grace and peace. I just pray right now as we worship again, pray for your presence just to flood into people's homes. In Jesus' name, amen.